0: Welcome back to Friday Fright, everybody. This is Kirsten and Derek.
1: This week, we're going to be covering Creep Show 1 and Creep Show 2. A couple of classics.
0: Yeah, we watched it, um, what was it, last Sunday?
1: Yeah, I think that was right.
0: Yeah. I just randomly was like, I really want to watch Creep Show 1 because for some reason I thought I had never seen it. But then after I started watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember watching this because I saw Ed Harris and. Um the funny he does like this funny dance. Um it looks like he's like acting like he's a puppet mm-hmm. and he puts his hand over his head and like makes his funny dance move. Yeah. And I make Derek do it all the time because it's so hilarious.
1: <laughs> yep. Very <laughs> young Ed Harris had a full head of hair. But anyways, uh so we're gonna start with Creep Show, nineteen eighty two. Uh, the stories were by Stephen King, and then it was directed by George Romero, famous, of course, for his zombie films, *Dawn of the Dead* and *Night of the Living Dead*. So, what did you think of the opener? The little boy and Tom Atkins. Oh, I really,
0: dad. I really, really liked that. Um, it Tom Atkins looked really weird without facial hair.
1: Yeah, he always has a mustache.
0: Yeah. I really like it. I really liked it though. It it just kind of gave me that I don't know. This sounds weird. I know p- most people I don't, I don't know if you're listening to this podcast then you probably know what I'm talking about. But it gives me this I don't know cozy at home on a rainy day in the fall kind of a vibe like you always you want to watch something spooky but not too scary because if you're home alone you don't want to be scared out of your wits but I just loved it, and mm-hmm. I liked the whole...
1: The comic book. Yeah,
0: ride. like, you can't, you're not allowed to read this, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked that.
1: Yeah, it was a good opener for sure.
0: Well, I liked, too, how it's live action, and then they turn it into animated to look like the comic book. I yeah. thought that was really cool.
1: So was that Stephen King's kid? Did you yeah. that
0: Yeah, um, I think his name was Joe... I know his first name was Joe, but I think he had a different last name from Stephen King, obviously. I think it was Hill, Joe Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, yeah, that was him. Because there's a a scene in it where he gets smacked, um, and you can... Apparently, I think you can see the reflection in the mirror. Um, Stephen King was really concerned about the smack scene, because, obviously, someone was supposed to smack his kid, Um, and he was concerned about it. So they came up with a different way to do it, which was making the kid slap himself, um, and making it look like the dad did it or somebody else did it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. it's a pretty good sequence. Uh, it is of course an anthology. So it's a bunch of smaller stories that, uh, don't necessarily interact with one another. Uh,
0: Yeah, I like anthologies. Kind of like Trick or Treat. I don't know. I just, it's like maybe my brain likes the multiple different stories. It's like, ooh, this one's interesting too. I like this one. And then you get to pick which one was your favorite. Yeah.
1: So uh, the first story was Father's Day. And that story they had the millionaire father who was very demanding and kind of senile. And he got killed off and then they inherited all of his money. And then on Father's Day they kinda of get together and kinda of celebrate his death. Mhm. But this time Because he was he an
0: from, asshole. Yes,
1: <laughs> this time he comes back from the grave.
0: Yeah. I want my cake. Yes.
1: Oh, one thing that was interesting, uh so the woman, his daughter, kills him by hitting him in the head with an ashtray, and then the ashtray is in the background of all the other episodes. Oh, was it? Yes. It's kind of subtle, but...
0: I didn't know that.
1: It was in there. I think that was probably the one thing that tied them all together. But uh, they filmed it at a real mansion in Pittsburgh, and apparently the guy who owned the mansion was kind of an ass. They said that he came home during filming, and they had that scene where they've got the muddy footprints on the floor Mm -hmm. and he flipped out about that and wanted them to mop that up even though it was part of the uh shooting.
0: (laughs) are like we're gonna clean up when we leave man don't worry about it it's okay.
1: I'm sure that they were paying him so I don't know what he was complaining about. But the uh the filming the frames were shot to make it look like a comic book and kind of how they did the cut scenes and then they had uh like, the little cuts would say, like, later on and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Kind of like how they do in a comic book. I thought that was pretty neat. And then in the first one, of course, like, the couple's all startled. And it's like it goes to red. And it kind of, like, fades into a comic book.
0: Oh, yeah. And the, it's like the um, the sayings over the... Why don't you put your paper right here so we can hear you? Um, the sayings are like, ag or garg or, you know, something yeah. that really people don't say, but it mm-hmm. was like they have to put some, some sort of descriptive words to, I guess, display their disgust with what was going mm-hmm. on. Um, let's see, what do I have for this?
1: Do you have anything about the, uh, first in the anthology, Father's Day?
0: Um, I don't really have anything on that other than the I want my cake thing. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know. I just felt like it was, I liked it. I, I think the the what I liked the most about it was just the dancing scenes with Ed yeah. Harris and his, his yeah. wife on the movie. Um, I just thought it was really funny. He, he was really young in it. He just looked so goofy mm-hmm. doing that dance. I will never forget watching him do that puppet dance and just dying of laughter and making Derek do it because he looked just like him when he did it um but i kind of actually thought that it was erratic i don't know it was just very fastly mm-hmm. fastly done and fastly played it was like it, we just they got through it really quickly and a lot of it didn't make sense to me it's they got from one point to the next in the weirdest possible way i think
1: yeah
0: i don't know a lot of it didn't pull together for me i liked it 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 was creative but it just didn't pull together for me.
1: Yeah. Probably the weaker, I guess, episode. In the,
0: mm-hmm. I in think the so.
1: Anthology. But the second one was pretty good. Uh, the Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill. Oh, yeah. Which starred Stephen King.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I read that uh, George Romero told him to play, or... Yeah. Yeah, George Romero told him to play it like... Uh,
1: Wily Coyote.
0: Yeah, Wily Coyote. And he really did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had the whole like this I think he said as he play him like he's falling off a cliff, like the roadrunners mm-hmm. chasing him right there after each other. Yeah. Um he even had the whole cross eyed thing going yeah. on and I don't know. Uh it was it was funny, it was kind of like kitschy to a point, you know. It's not really scary, it's just kind of silly. Silly yeah. horror, I think.
1: Yeah. I have one uh, production note that I thought was kind of cool. Mm. They said that they built the the set on like a clearing that was in front of an airport and pilots kind of used the clearing as like a guide to line up with the runway. So uh, George Merrill was wondering if they were confused why all of a sudden there was like an old farmhouse <laughs> all of a sudden in this clearing where you know the week before there hadn't been anything. Probably. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, so uh, that one, they had the meteor that came down, and then it was radioactive. They used, uh, like, the glow stick, glow liquid to make it glow.
0: Yeah, and apparently um, Stephen King was actually allergic to whatever they, whatever makeup and Mm -hmm. whatever they used to make up that green substance that was on him. Yeah he was allergic to it and he had to get, um, allergy shots and medication to be able to just get through that segment to be able to finish filming. Mm -hmm. Um, he just kind of put up with it because you know, what else are you going to do unless you're going to go through a whole process of trying to find another makeup that doesn't cause you to go, you know, have an allergic reaction. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was like, wow, way to stick with your, (laughs) stick with your craft, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think you did a pretty good job on that. One thing I didn't know, so I knew when he's got the meteor and he takes it into the, in his little fantasy, he takes it into the college, and there's the professor there, and then later on he has that other little daydream about the doctor having to cut off his fingers. That's the same actor, but also uh, when he has that little vision of his father in the mirror, that's also the same actor, so the same actor did all three of those.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I like how there's kind of an underlying message with this because his in his mind, when he gets that meteorite, he has in his mind that he's gonna make a lot of money off of it or something. You know, yeah. like he's gonna be able to turn it into science and they're gonna pay him. $200. Pay dollars. Yeah, pay, <laughs> pay him money. But it's kind of like don't be greedy, you know, because mm-hmm. this is what it gets you, and he ends up turning green and yeah. everything. So yeah. <laughs>
1: Alright, and then for the next episode uh, was Tied You Over.
0: I loved this one because I love Leslie Nelson. He's I good. like him in serious roles because just watching him on like Naked Gun and then um, obviously I'm a big Golden Girls fan and whoever watches Golden Girls knows that Dorothy ends up marrying him at the end of the Golden Girls series and... I just love him. He's so funny, but he is also really talented and can be a serious mm-hmm. actor too. But I, I just loved him, and I liked that he was in this role, especially with Ted Danson, because I yeah, like him too. He was
1: pretty good too. Mhm. Thought it was interesting. They were talking about how Ted Danson was buried in the sand, but really it was just a hole, and he was sitting on a chair. <laughs> and then he had like this kind of like collar that went around his neck, and then they just put a little bit of sand on that, so he was actually pretty comfortable most of the filming <laughs> and then for the waves they just had like a big old uh, like almost like a big trough that would hold water and then they would just pour it out and it would just kind of wash over him and it looked like it was a wave
0: did you notice the bucket though that he kept looking at like he was good in my head if I was him and there was a way I was gonna put that over my head to you know save me from drowning but later on it shows the but it keeps showing the bucket and the bucket is like a big size you know yeah. but then later on Leslie Nelson picks it up and it's this little tiny pail it's not okay that yeah. has to be a completely different bucket yeah, <laughs> than that. what we were seeing
1: continuity error or something Mm-hmm. another interesting scene so you got uh, the one where it's just Ted uh, Danson's head at like the bottom of the ocean uh, and he's just kind of like completely submerged and blowing bubbles Mm-hmm. For that one he was in like a Basically a big fish tank And then they had a, like a scuba tank With a hose on it So oh, really? that he could breathe in between shots
0: Well I love that it's. It seems like in the movie It was portrayed for him to He was only in the water Overnight mm. But then whenever they come back Him and, his, him and Leslie William. Nelson's wife Come back to haunt him
1: They're like moldy. They're moldy and seaweed.
0: Yeah, I'm like, okay, it looks like they've been underwater for about a a month or something, Um, not overnight. If you're, I don't know the science of it all, but I don't think you look like that, just overnight. (laughs) But I guess they had to make it look more creepy.
1: (laughs) Anything else for that episode? I don't think so. All right, so we're moving along. to the crate which was a pretty pretty cool episode you had the uh professor with the overbearing wife
0: Mm mm-hmm god she was annoying yeah
1: they said she's actually really nice but she always gets i guess kind of typecast as a mean lady
0: well she wasn't she played in the fog though um she was she was the sexy voice lady on she was the radio host Mm -hmm. um which, to listen to her on The Fog and then watch this segment with her in it, her voice is completely different. So she must have just needed to play annoying and shrill in this one. But yeah. whereas in The Fog she was very, hello, this is blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but Yeah, that one was a cool uh, episode. They had, like, the old crate mm-hmm. that was discovered and I think it was the archaeology department. Mm-hmm it up and it's got this weird kind of missing link monster in it
0: yeah and I love how the guy's like oh what does he say like it's an animal or it's a I don't know something I
1: thought he said emeralds
0: oh was, I don't like, know uh, maybe I maybe I misheard him but why would you just go ahead and shove your whole <laughs> arm in there like oh I don't know what's in he here gets, but yeah. you know I mean you have to be brave yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, they were saying for that the creature Tom Savini had never really done a creature before, so he consulted with the people that made the Howling, the werewolf movie. Oh, really? And he learned from uh, their little mock-up that they had with the werewolf. That's how he learned how to to make the creature.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, pretty cool.
0: That's some good aspirations there. Mm-hmm. Um. See if I have anything. Well, as as I already said, um the woman who plays Billy, the um oh my gosh, the archaeologist's wife in this movie, she also played in the fog. She's played in several things, um, of John Carpenter's alongside Tom Atkins, who is also in the creep show. Um which I thought was really cool. Um, but you can just kind of see her range of acting where she can mm-hmm. you know she can play a shrill manipulative yeah. kind of annoying lady <laughs> yeah. but also play someone who's likable so I like that
1: Yeah. Thought another cool thing was they were saying uh, Tom Savini had this uh, like animal claw rigged up for the scenes where it was like the, the animal was pulling the people in the box and like tearing everything up so they made it really heavy so that they could like smack it into stuff and it would leave big claw marks. But it was so heavy that he was like manipulating it all day that eventually it like severed a tendon in his thumb just from him trying Ugh. to hold it up all day. Ouch. Yeah. But yeah, do you have anything else for the crate? I don't think so. No? All right. So... Uh, the last
0: one. Oh, and wait, I do. Sorry. All right, I liked how he kept having these imaginative spells where he was...
1: Oh, yeah, his little fantasies.
0: Like, oh, I just don't want to be with her anymore. And at this point, I'm just like, dude, just leave her. Yeah. Just leave her. You know, you don't need that negativity in your life. But he just keeps thinking about all these ways that she could possibly die and then... Mm what happens one way or another
1: (laughs) so for the last episode uh they're creeping up on you definitely the most disgusting if you do not like roaches oh my
0: gosh yeah i couldn't really watch this one very much because i don't i obviously you know i don't think other than scientists that work with bugs i'm not a huge fan of anything that's roach related um They're just creepy to me. They're so creepy.
1: Definitely. But yeah, they used 250,000 roaches for that.
0: That's my worst nightmare.
1: (laughs) They said originally they were going to buy them, but they were like 50 cents a piece. So it was cheaper just to send some people down to South America and they would just shovel them into garbage bags.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Bring them back and breed them.
0: Yeah, no thanks. I think I would have just decided not to show up on set that day. Like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sick. I can't come in.
1: Yeah, and they said a bunch of them escaped from the set because you can't really wrangle thousands of roaches.
0: Oh my gosh, that gives me cold chills I cannot stand that.
1: Yeah. uh, It was kind of a challenge to film them because they're so fast and they just kind of, you know, run off. So they would keep them in like a cold storage area. And then when they would release them they were kind of slow moving because they were kind of like frozen up almost yeah and then uh another thing that they used to make it a little bit easier to film you know it's hard to focus in on a roach and kind of know what it's going to do so they would use vaseline and uh, make lines and apparently the roaches didn't like to cross the vaseline so it would kind of contain them that's really cool yeah
0: that's interesting
1: and they would just focus the camera on like one spot of the floor and then just release a few hundred and just whatever. Oh my God Got on film, got on film. But yeah.
0: Oh, no thank you. No. Yeah, That was, I think, my least favorite segment of this mm-hmm. because, oh, no thanks.
1: Yeah, they almost, they weren't going to do the, the segment because they kind of ran out of money. And uh, people were telling George Romero, oh, you don't need that one. The other ones are really good. Uh, you don't need a fifth one, but he really wanted to do it, so they pushed forward with it and made it.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I worked (laughs) for a well-known pest control company as, like, the phone agents Mm -hmm. for a while, and it's insane to me how many people have issues with roaches. It's just insane. Oh, my gosh. It
1: is pretty crazy thought an interesting thing was how much stuff they took from the set, like Tom Savini, he said that he took like bookshelves from uh, the crate that were like in the background and he said that those are in his house and that he took, uh, he's got that creature, like the little puppet creature that they used in some of the scenes, he's got it in his house and then the, the actual crate is like somebody's kid has it as a toy chest now. Oh my. Yeah. I guess they just took whatever they wanted.
0: His kid probably had friends over and they were like, this toy box actually has an interesting story. It used to have this huge, giant monster creature Mm -hmm. in
1: it. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that was 1982. And then you had to wait five years to get the sequel. Creepshow 2. Yep.
0: Yeah, I... I'd have to say I kind of like this one more.
1: Really?
0: I, yeah, I don't know why. It was just...
1: I liked the first story pretty good, the Indian one.
0: Oh, yeah, that one was pretty good. I liked that. Yeah. Um, I just loved how cheesy the the main guy was, That the main bad guy. What was his name?
1: I don't know, but he was definitely like a white guy with a spray tan and and
0: a and, wig. and they put like a jet black wig on him and he was like, You know how many years it took me to grow out this hair, man? How many it's movie years star was it hair, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I cut my hair and two days later yeah. it's back to the same length.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they they already had these stories, uh, Stephen King had already written them and they considered them for the first one and they were like the stories that they rejected. So they were like, Oh well we might as well just go ahead and use these They only did three stories in uh, part two because they had a lower budget. Really? Yeah. And so George Romero, he wrote the script, but he didn't actually direct it. They had somebody else direct it. And it was, again, it was three stories. Uh, The first one, I think it was called Chief Woodenhead was Mm -hmm. the actual title. Chief
0: Woodenhead, yeah. Um.
1: Probably the best of that. Yeah.
0: Series. I really liked that one. The longest um time. the um let's see Arnold Schwarzenegger was actually rumored to be considered to play yeah. Chief Woodenhead, who if anyone's listening to this and hasn't watched it, it's this um it's
1: like a carved Indian. Yeah, a
0: giant wooden Indian that this shop owner has taken care of and he repaints his war paint any time it fades, so it's kind of like he's got a relationship almost with mm. this inanimate object, which later turns out to not be so inanimate. It actually to comes to life because he's seeking revenge um, mm. for the shop owner, and um, you know. Um, but
1: it's pretty good at yeah, I don't know yeah, how it really was it, it but, was pretty good. Yeah. But
0: I I really liked. So he seeks revenge on these guys that come and raid this shop and kill the owners and um these guys, or' it three guys that do that?
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: they are they're just these awful people that you would not want to run into anywhere. One of them is like I said, the ultimate he's the alpha of the group he he thinks he's beautiful, he's gonna run off to Hollywood. California. And become a movie star. His whole thing was, I'm going to get laid and paid, is what he said. Because his hair is so beautiful. And and he's just so full of himself.
1: The big fat guy. Yeah. had all sloppy and just eating stuff and spilling it everywhere. Yeah. He's your... Stupid.
0: Yeah, your typical um, redneck, fat slob guy. Yeah. and then somebody they were calling he was calling Richie, which yeah, was just he had, like
1: the Firebird and stuff. <laughs> he was kind of like the rich kid, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, but yeah, yeah. This Indian goes on this rampage yeah, and please. kills them all off in these um, kind of creative ways. He kills each one of them differently. I think one he uses a tomahawk, one he uses a a knife, mm-hmm. and the other he uses a bow and arrow. Yeah, because yeah, the hard. His name was Fatso, literally, mm. in the in the segment. Um, he shoots him through his lazy chair he's sitting in. So he's sitting in his trailer, and he's got all these naked pictures of women on the wall, plus a Iron Maiden um, cover for the song The Trooper on his wall that they close in on after he gets killed. But this Indian shoots an arrow at him while he's sitting in his chair, and I think he's he's watching some movie where they're just going, "Polo or Loco, <laughs> something like that. And he, this guy on the TV says it several times. And Fatso's just going, Loco. Yeah, kind of <laughs> Drinking a beer and then just getting shot by this uh-huh. wooden Indian. What a way to go. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, that was, I really did that's like good, that huh? one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if I had anything else on there about this. I don't think so. But, yeah, that one was... That one was a pretty good one.
1: Yeah. And then you have the second episode, which was pretty good. It uh, was about the the blob that was in the lake.
0: Yeah, the raft. Yes, the raft. The raft. I liked this one. Um,
1: the premise was a little... I don't
0: know. It was weird, but... I kind of like it because it was different. The only thing I, like, it, you know the girl, the quiet one in the beginning of it? I thought, man, she's going to be the final girl because she's, she's quiet. She's the typical final girl that everyone has in their, in their, in their movies. She's the first one to go. And she gets, she gets taken in such a stupid way. So the raft is where these four... Four teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four teenagers take, um, take their car out to this lake where they know of this big wooden raft in the middle of a lake, and they. It's cold. The,
1: yeah, that's the stupid part. Yeah, I don't they understand. Said the like fifty degrees.
0: Yeah, why would you want to go lay on a raft whenever the, it's not fun? You can't swim. It's not hot. You're not. Yeah. yeah. So they all go out there to lay on this raft in the middle of a lake and then all of a sudden this big, what they are calling it, an oil slick just comes floating by and one of the guys is instantly has his antenna up about it. He's like, there's something wrong with this. There's so- That's not an oil slick. And then the girl that I'm talking about, um, the quiet girl, let's call her, she is like, oh, and she dips her finger <laughs> into it and is playing with it and then it just devours her whole and they're all left standing there.
1: A little yeah,
0: but still, yet, while this girl is being devoured and her skin is melting off of her body, the prick guy, what's his name? I, um, oh, I forget what his name is. Crap. he He's a class A douche. Um, he jokes with the guy he's calling Poncho. He's like, hey, don't you know about this dude? Don't you know about this stuff, dude? And he smirks and laughs. As this girl is being eaten alive by this big oil slick, so they say. Sorry,
1: just bad acting. It's like
0: wow. <laughs> yeah, I think probably so, but yeah. Um, the the guy that played Randy, his name is Randy, the the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually, because the water was actually really cold, um, he ended up getting hypothermia from it, mm-hmm. um, and the crew kind of wanted to keep filming. But the director was like, no, we need to stop, we need to get him some medical attention because if we stop filming, or if we continue to film, he's never going to be able to finish and he's not going to come back. So what they did was they took him to get, you know, some medical attention because he had hypothermia. Um, They said his body even turned green at one point. So that's, I think I would have been asking for a little bit more money after that. Um, but he ended up making a full recovery and coming back, and they filmed the segment, uh, finished filming the segment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. why wouldn't you pick that to film during warmer times, or at least I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the things were around that, but I think it would have changed the definitely that:
1: <laughs> So yeah, then they got uh, the Hitchhiker is mm-hmm. the third installment. Which was okay. I don't know. It kind of came off... For some reason it felt lifetime movie-ish to me. Yeah. Like it.
0: That. I guess so. But I'm going to tell you what. That lady deserved every bit of what happened to her.
1: Yeah. Like how she drove through the forest like 17 times. She was just driving around in the woods. Yeah. In a Mercedes sedan.
0: How... I know multiple... If if it weren't a movie, her car would have been getting stuck in yeah. little holes or mud or anything and mm-hmm. getting stuck on a tree stump. You know, it's, I don't know. But the whole preface of this, seg- this segment, the last segment of it, is it kind of starts, she wakes up and she's like, oh, um, it's 1130 or whatever time it is. And she starts getting dressed and there's this guy laying next to her. Which come to find out is not her husband, some guy she's paying to sleep with, um and she leaves
1: she's got to rush across town. yeah
0: to get home before her husband, and she ends up she's talking to herself on the way there, trying to talk herself, I guess into keeping this relationship with this man and telling herself she's okay, you know whatever, but uh and she ends up hitting a hitchhiker. Mm-hmm. and just leaving yeah <laughs> but she deserved it because she did she was too concerned about herself and getting caught yeah. cheating on her husband so she was trying to rush home um but this hitchhiker ended up haunting her the whole yeah. way home which she deserved
1: <laughs> he's waiting on her at home in the garage
0: mm-hmm. where she meets her doom yes. <laughs> It was, and, and uh, Stephen King actually showed up in that too as a as a semi driver, semi truck driver. Oh, dude. Yeah, um, because it was after she hit the hitchhiker and drove off or sped off actually, mm. um, where other people were coming down the road, they stopped because they saw the man laying in the road, um, and he was one of the people that stopped, and actually one of the people that stopped too was her husband. Oh yeah,
1: that's.
0: He ended up not being home mm-hmm. when she thought he was going to be he was still out, so right. maybe he was having an affair too. No. <laughs>
1: we only had three episodes we don't know. Yeah. So they originally planned five, but uh, they didn't have the budget to shoot the last two. The other two were uh, going to be about a mysterious old man who's rich and he hires an assassin to kill a cat. Because the cat's like evil and it's been killing people.
0: In the world.
1: Yeah. And then the other one was about a bowling team. uh, Who are like, they've got a battle for an inheritance. So the bowling team, one of them sabotages the other team. And then all the members die. But then they come back as like ghouls to get the other bowling team. Wow. Which, I don't know. might have been cool, but,
0: <laughs> maybe yeah. i don't know it kind of sounds creative kind of i like stupid horror like that though yeah because it makes it fun makes mm-hmm. it funny kind of lighthearted. you don't go to sleep and have nightmares yeah. you know is
1: yeah, they're, that a- they're pretty uh pretty safe not real heavy mm-hmm. Not graphic or anything
0: yeah i i can do heavy sometimes but most of the time no it really does weigh on me and i have a hard time sitting with it like most rob zombie mm-hmm. things <laughs> yeah.
1: now these are good these are kind of like i don't know if they're rated r they might have been pg-13 because yeah. they're, they're pretty tame
0: i think too people in this day and age were kind of desensitized because they you know the media makes such it's it's just more graphic these days of everything that you see so I think we're all kind of desensitized cuz we sat down last night and watched The Conjuring 2 and I don't think I jumped once yeah. <laughs> and that was our first date movie too We
1: have seen it like 20 times.
0: Yeah, that's true so we kind of expect you know, we know what's coming but well, I think that's all that we have on the creep shows yeah. but um It was I...
1: a creep show part 3, but it was direct to DVD. Oh, wasn't. It was apparently not very good.
0: We'll so. we'll still have to watch it because I didn't know that there was a third one, yeah. so yeah. we'll have to watch it just to.
1: We'll give it a, maybe we'll give judge. it like a five minutes to see if it's any good. But. Yeah,
0: um, I did see that the uh, Net- Netflix came out with the Fear Street, which is based on the R.L. Stine yeah. book series.
1: And they do have a Creepshow TV series, but we haven't watched that either.
0: Oh yeah, no, we haven't. We'll have to watch that too.
1: But. I think it's it's fairly new. 2019
0: maybe. I'm really excited though f- to watch Fear Street to see how it lines up. It by looking at the preview, and I know you haven't seen it yet. Looking at the preview, it's definitely not lining up with R.L. Stein's because R.L. Stine's it's kind of you know kids can read it. You yeah. know, it's kind of kid horror, but this what had people making out, people stabbing each other um skeleton heads it looked really creepy so i don't think that little kids will be watching this version of it (laughs) but yeah lots of cool stuff it seems like is coming out i'm really excited to Mm -hmm. be able to to watch and i'm ready for halloween kills to come out so excited yes i'm ready i'm ready But, um, okay, well, I think that's all that we have for tonight. Thank you for tuning in. Um, If you have an Instagram, get on there and follow us at Friday Fright Podcast. Um, Also, give us a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, We're on every...